Welcome to Launch It Girl, where business coach, marketing strategist, and ex-corporate leader, Kenzie Mackis, will show you how to launch, market, and scale a business and brand that feels authentically you, leveraging her proven framework for getting known, seen, and heard online so that you can overcome perfectionism, feelings of imposter syndrome and confusion, and finally launch yourself into a life full of abundance and freedom. guys, welcome back to another episode of Launch It Girl. You guys, I have such a special guest with me here today. I'm so excited. Angela Asia. Angela and I, we have been masterminding together for the last almost year. I was just thinking about that, Angela. Like, it kind of has gone by really fast, but also really slow. I feel conflicted about what, what this year, the time period around us. But I have had the honor of really getting closer to Angela and really understanding her expertise and her programs. Angela is a transformational coach and an author coach. And we're going to dive into more about that here. But Angela, just say hey and introduce yourself. Hey, Kenzie, thank you so much. It is really an honor to be here and I'm just so excited. So yeah, I, you know, I just have enjoyed our time so much, you know, this past year and getting to know you as well and really, you know, learning and growing from each other. And I think that when you are masterminding with someone, you help each other stretch and grow and you inspire each other. And so it's really been fun to watch your journey. So I'm just really excited to be here. Thank you. Yay. Oh my gosh. So we're going to have so much, I think just like I can already, I'm already setting that intention. We're going to have a really great conversation today. Even before I had ever made a dollar as an entrepreneur, I was always so inspired by hearing other people's stories, like the journey they went through. How did they actually get to being a successful entrepreneur? Because I think that we always have it in our head that like, it was either some sort of like fluky overnight success, or it was, you know, all these accolades or whatever. And so I think it's really important to like normalize this conversation. Like, we're just normal people, like following our dreams, doing some of the unsexy work day to day. But I would really love to hear your story. How did you get to the incredible, successful brand and business that you have today? And give us a little bit of backstory there. Well, sure. So I have, yeah, just a, a crazy, kind of a crazy story. It started as a, a, a normal beginning turned into a crazy story, but you know, that's what writing a book is all about is really just like using your story to connect with people. So they get to know, you know, who you are. And so when I was in the third grade, I really felt this sense of a call to help people. Um, I was raised in the ministry with my parents. My dad was a pastor, you know, PKs always had preacher's kids. They called them PKs. They always had a kind of a, a name for being like the worst ones on the block. You know, I was not that way. I just, I really felt that sense of a call, even at a very young age. Um, I really stayed true to that call. I uh, went to Bible college and I uh, thought, you know, I had really just told God that, you know, if he wanted me to never get married, you know, be on the mission field forever, like that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to serve people. So I went to Bible college and met a fire young preacher. And then, you know, that kind of came to an end. So we got married. We were in the ministry for almost 25 years and I really thought that I was living the life of my dreams. I, honestly, I thought I was at my pinnacle. 
I was speaking from the pulpit. I was teaching. I was mentoring. I had a huge mentorship program for women. And I really thought I was living my dream. And after almost 25 years of marriage in the ministry, my now ex-husband walked away from the ministry and walked away from his family, myself and our, and our four kids. And so that literally turned my world upside down. And, you know, I stayed stuck for a while, you know, as you can imagine, I stayed stuck in guilt and shame and blame. And, you know, we literally lost everything. We lost our home. We lost our cars. We lost our organization. We lost everything. At 43 years old, I went from, you know, being a leader in our organization to selling windows door to door just to make ends meet for my kids. Because, you know, I had been in the ministry all my life. I had never worked outside of the ministry or my home. So I didn't have a real good, you know, like work background or work history. You know, we had been fairly successful at at what we had done up until that point. And, you know, I went from living in a beautiful Texas ranch to living on the floor of an apartment with no furniture. I played Yahtzee on the floor with my kids. We ate on the floor. We slept on the floor. And I went from wearing a Rolex with diamonds to standing in the food stamp line, literally almost overnight. So when I tell you that my world got turned upside down, it literally got turned upside down. And so, you know, I did, I stayed stuck for a while, several years, but I met a life coach and, you know, back eight or nine years ago, you know, nobody really knew exactly what a life coach was. And so, but something attracted me to her and, you know, she asked me this question and at first it really made me angry, but you know, here I had just been rejected, abandoned, betrayed, like all these things. And then she had the nerve, she could hear my victim story, you know, and then she had the nerve to ask me, you know, what was your contribution? Oh man, that just made me so angry. I was like, what do you mean? What was my contribution? But I really chose to sit with that question. And I'm so thankful that she did ask me that because what I realized is that, you know, I had spent my whole life living for everyone else. You know, I had no idea who I was at my core. And, you know, I had just spent my whole life trying to make everyone else happy, but I completely lost my joy. And so, you know, I really sat with that question. And when I did, I realized that I could fix that part. I couldn't change what happened to me, but I could change that. And, you know, I I was a a perfectionist. I was a people pleaser. I was a procrastinator, all those, all those P's, you know? So I started working with her and I just went on this journey of really coming back home to myself. And I lived my life for everyone else. I, I became who I thought I was supposed to be, you know, instead of who I was created to be. And that really started creating a big shift in my life. And once that started changing in me, I realized that what I had been through was what had prepared me for what I would spend the rest of my life doing. And that was helping women come back home to themselves 
you know, before it got to the point where they lost everything. I want to reach them before they get to the point where I was, you know, along with that came depression and anxiety and, and social anxiety and all of that. And so I went on this journey of just a deep inner healing, really coming back home to who I was, who I am at my core. You know, I I used to be so embarrassed about my story because I spent so many years, you know, helping other people and counseling in the church and helping other people save their marriages. And here I lost mine. You know, I just carried so much guilt and shame about that. And I was embarrassed about my story. And so, you know, I was just stuck in this you know, dead end job, sitting at a desk and just suffering inside. But I realized like I need to tell my story. I didn't want to tell the story necessarily of what happened to me. I wanted to tell the story of my own journey and who I had become in the process. And so okay. I started writing my book and I realized that my story mimicked the journey of a caterpillar to a butterfly and also uh, that of Queen Esther in the Bible. You may have been taught as a child in school that the caterpillar turns into the butterfly, but it's simply not true. Inside of the caterpillar is the DNA of the butterfly and the caterpillar, when she goes into the cocoon, Enzymes are released that literally liquefy her into nothingness. And so we have to let go of the woman who was created by fears, failures, and imperfections, you know, in order for the DNA of who we were called to be, the DNA of our purpose, in order for that to come forth. When you experience loss, that means you're properly positioned for a transformation, When life gets turned upside down, you're perfectly positioned for transformation. So, you know, I started studying this little butterfly and the caterpillar and her journey. And I had, I just, I have to tell you this one part, this really sums up everything right here. This is why I am so passionate about what I do. And that is that when the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and those enzymes are released and they, they liquefy the caterpillar into nothingness and they actually call it pupa soup. And so here she is life, you know, doesn't resemble what it used to look like anymore. She's trapped inside this dark place and, you know, the grave in the cocoon can feel very much the same. The only difference between the grave and the cocoon is that it's what's happening on the inside because they're, you know, they're both dark, lonely places. And, and when you go through that dark night of your soul and you're called into that, that season of, you know, just getting away with yourself, you know, really asking those questions, like, who am I? Like, why am I even here? If you let the transformation take place, that's when, you know, life is, is happening on the inside. And so when she is in the cocoon, this little caterpillar, the whole time she's in there, she cannot excrete. She can't go to the bathroom. She's face to face with her own crap. So she's, you know, we have to go through those seasons of life where we come face to face with those fears, you know, those insecurities. We come face to face with our own stuff, you know, 
and I've heard you talk about this. And when you tell your story, even if, you know, you hadn't framed it in that way, you went through the same thing. So, you know, as she's here, she's, she's swimming in her own stuff and she's, she's trapped inside this, what feels like this dark and lonely place, but she surrenders to what's happening. And pretty soon, you know, now she is this fully formed butterfly but she's still trapped inside the cocoon. And so here she is wrapped up around herself and, you know, she outgrows her place of transformation. She's ready to break out. And the only way for her to get out is to kick her way out. And so she starts to kick and kick and kick. And as she does, she, she finally breaks through and she literally falls to the ground in exhaustion you know, and as you know, breakthrough, taking a leap of faith and, you know, showing yourself showing up more visibly to the world is hard work. Mm -hmm. And it's scary because, you know, while the cocoon, it feels confining, it also feels safe, you know, and so we have to be willing to like show up in the world in a bigger way to be who we were created to be. And so there she is, she's laying there. She has kicked her way out of the cocoon. And as she's laying there, she's resting, you know, cause she's so exhausted, but, but she realizes that she's got these new things, you know, on the sides of her body. And she's, she's like, wait, what are these? And, and she starts flapping these new wings. And as she begins to flap her wings, all of the crap that was inside of the cocoon with her it gets shot back up into her body and into her wings and hardens. All of the crap that you've been through is what gives your wings the strength to fly. Oh my gosh, Angela. (laughs) Wow. That is so incredible. Wow. I just believe, you know, as women, uh, as men, whatever we go through, like it can be used to help us soar. Wow. Girl, there is so much to unpack there. What an incredible story. When you think, you know, when I think of my, like someone's life being turned upside down, I think it would be that it like literally your husband walks out and you find yourself in nothingness. And I can't even imagine, I think I've had a similar experience in that just, I've just lost sense of self. Right. And you, you describe that. And I think a lot of women can relate to this. Like I've just been doing what I've told to do or what I think I'm supposed to do. And you do that so much that you totally lose touch of who you are as a person. And I tell people all the time, like, I remember being so out of touch with myself that like, you know, that question, like, what are you passionate about? Or like, what are your hobbies? I'm like, what? Like, I I work my ass off and I, I wipe butts. Like what, like who has time for passion and hobbies? Right. In reality, like I just, I lost so much of that. And I, I know in speaking with so many other women, it's similar, but you had an extreme version of that. And for you to have this awakening almost of like, this is what I'm being called to do. And everything in, in what I'm going through is preparing me for that next chapter. And you totally stepped into that. (laughs) How there's resistance, right? There's resistance in that. And most people want to fight that, but you totally leaned in and you had this experience with a life coach. At what point were you like, okay, like 
I want to help people now experience their own breakthroughs. And again, like help women come home to themselves. Where, when was, what was that moment like? And how did you key into like what you need to do in order to do that? Right. Like build the business out of this thing. So, you know, the light, when I started working with a life coach, sometimes people use an excuse that they can't work with a life coach or some sort of coach because they think they don't have the money. But I have to tell you, I was literally digging in the couch for quarters and I did not tell anyone that I found a way to pay for a life coach because something inside of me told me that like where I was at that moment was because of what I had been thinking. And so in order to have something new, I knew I had to think something new and I needed someone in my life that would help me challenge my thoughts and challenge what I had been thinking about myself, my challenge, my self-belief. And, you know, my coach was not easy on me. You know, I was totally stuck as a victim, but just going through the process, you know, I just kept waking up more and more and realizing that, you know, I have power, I have personal power. And a lot of times we have this strange idea about what personal power is. And I think that's because of the abuse of power. But, you know, what I like to say is that real personal power is the ability to influence your own mind, your own past, present, and future, you know, the ability to influence your own thoughts, patterns, and emotion, that's real personal power. And I had been stuck in this cycle of just constantly handing over my power to everyone else and, and blaming everyone else, you know, for my circumstances and, and my, you know, being stuck. But the more I spent time with my coach, I realized that, you know, I really do have the power to change. I really do have the power to ask for what I want. I really do have the power to be who I want to be, you know, to not be defined by what I went through. And I think that was, that was a real shift for me when I decided that I don't have to be defined by my experience in a negative way that I can rewrite the story. I was stuck in this story of, I was abandoned, you know, I'm not lovable. I'm not worth anything, you know, all those, you know, blah, 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 those crazy things we say to ourselves. So I was kind of stuck in that conversation. And I just realized that I literally started to write out my story in a different way. And I thought, what if I just wrote my story as if, you know, that this was preparing me. And as I started doing that, it became a reality for me. That is so incredible, Angela. I love this shift in, well, first of all, the personal power is not power over others, but power over self. That's it. That, wow. And, you know, when you have that frame of mind, I think you are literally, you become unstoppable in anything, right? Yes. And you, you have the opportunity uh, your yeah, infinite opportunities. So that's who I love that you said that. And it's not about controlling circumstances, right? And I love this idea of surrendering to the circumstantial things, but then mm-hmm. it's rather controlling how we think about the things, how we respond and react. Mm-hmm. And instead of playing into the victim way, which, you know, most people do, but that's how we're naturally wired, I think. 
we decide to take that personal power. Can you give us an idea of like, or some examples of what a victim mindset would be over somebody that has more personal power? Yes. So I can tell you from personal experience, being stuck in the victim mindset, you know, being stuck in, in blame. Um, I always say, whatever you blame, you hand your power over to. And, you know, even in these current situations, you know, a lot of people are blaming COVID, you know, I can't, I can't move forward right now because of COVID, but guess what? If you blame COVID, then COVID has all the power. But if you realize that you have personal power, you can influence your own thoughts, patterns, and emotions, then you can use any circumstance for your good. If you blame, you know, what's happening in the world today politically, then that holds the power. You can't change until that changes, but that may never change. And so then that keeps you stuck. So that's that, you know, that's one victim mindset. Uh, Another victim mindset is... Oh goodness gracious. I felt sorry. I felt sorry for myself, you know, for so long, but feeling sorry for myself, it it got me some attention, but I really started thinking about, is this the kind of attention I wanted? And I thought, what if I started changing the world around me? What if I could get attention for impacting people's lives? And I decided to kind of create that shift to where feeling sorry for yourself just leaves you feeling powerless, you know? And again, it's, it's like wanting someone else to validate you. So I think maybe that's the key. The core of it right there is looking for that validation outside of you. But when you begin to validate yourself and who you are at your core and, and, you know, you begin to really understand at a deep level who you are, why you're here, what you're here to do. Again, it like brings that unstoppable element to your life because then whatever you go through, you're not looking for success to validate you. You're not looking for other people's opinions to validate you. And so the flip side of that, this is so cool, is that when you're not looking for success to validate you, then you're also not unvalidated by failure. Not the truth. And so another victim mindset that I was really stuck in was fear of failure. But I realized that a lot of times we say we're afraid of failure but I don't think we're afraid of failure. I think we're afraid of success because we define success as a lack of failure, but success is not a lack of failure. Actually, the pathway to success is one failure after another. And so when you know that, then you can just get out there and fail and it eventually gets you to success. And one of the ways I learned this was that after I experienced everything I went through and I was selling windows door to door, going from being rejected in my marriage to then having to get out and go door to door and be rejected day after day. I, I was trained by this old school salesman and he would drive me up to a door and he would say, now get out and go to the door and go say this, you know, and I would come back crying and he'd slam the door in my face and he'd say, what did you say? And I'd tell him, you know, and he'd say, don't say that, go get out there. And he'd take me to the next door. But he said, after nine no's, you get your yes. 
And so instead of going after my yeses, he taught me, get out there and get as many no's as you can. Yeah. Yes. You know, and eventually your yes will just show up. And so that's where I really learned this whole idea that success is not a lack of failure. Success is built on one failure after the other. And and so when you shift from that victim mindset of, oh, I'm so afraid to fail. You know, what if I fail? Well, at some point it just becomes a numbers game. Just get out there and you keep going. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been studying high performers, you know, air quotes for so long and it's the same theme. It's like getting high off of failing. It's just like, this is the pattern. You just go out and you flop and it's like almost (laughs) exciting because you're like, I'm getting closer. Right. And I think we just become so, I don't know, immune to it. It's just like, that's what I expect. Not that we're expecting bad outcomes, but this is just a part of the process. And I love that you mentioned that. And then the other piece to that is the validation, because when we're always doing something in hopes that we'll get a positive reaction, right? Whether that's a like or a comment or, you know, a pat on the back or an A plus, whatever, we're so groomed to thrive off of those positive reinforcements that when we get a negative one, we think something's wrong. And so too often, most people are operating from the validation. That's why they do what they do is to receive the validation. Mm-hmm. And so when they don't get that, then it's like, no, like, okay, going back into my comfort zone. So we yes. do have to see the validation has to come from within. And that takes time and training. And like you said, the thought patterns, but that is, I believe one of the best things entrepreneurs could do for themselves is to train themselves to seek the validation within and just keep moving through those, you know, quote unquote failures um, as you, you know, go on doing what you're called to do. So, oh my gosh, so many nuggets there. I want to pivot a little bit into books because your specialty is really not only transforming lives, but then allowing women to tell their stories in the form of a book. And I know a lot of my listeners, I know this is on their list, you know, me included, as things to do. I think it's just, there's something about that, that excites us, but I think there's a lot of overwhelm that comes with that, but tell us a little bit more about how you help entrepreneurs write their stories through this vehicle of a book and what that looks like. Sure. Well, when I wrote my book, I started writing and I thought, you know, I'm just going to write for me as if, you know, no one's ever going to hear this. And so I did, I started writing it and you know, one thing led to another and it, it, it ended up becoming published and a bestseller and all of that. But, you know, it took me about nine months to write my book, but I I had no one to guide me. I had no one to help me figure it out. And there was so many days where, you know, I questioned myself and, you know, I wanted to be distracted by other things. And after I wrote my book, I realized that I I thought, you know, I wonder if someone would have my assistance and have my encouragement, I wonder how fast they could go. And so I started working with women and helping them um, really identify their stories and and helping them uh, write their books and become published authors in about 90 days. And so one of the first places that I start with is that I help 
women and men tell their stories because it's, it's the way you tell your story that really lays the foundation for the rest of your book. And so, you know, if you're a cult, a, a coach, if you're an influencer, you know, a speaker, those kind of things, you know, what really connects you to your audience is when they hear your story, but it's telling your story from a really powerful perspective. And so a lot of times, you know, women who've been through something, they've had some experience, they think, well, I'm really, I'm just afraid to tell my story. Like, like what if nobody wants to read it, you know? And so I, I help them, we begin with really framing that story and drawing out the message out of that story. And I found that the, a lot of times the story is not the story. A lot of times the story that we're looking to extract is the story that's underneath the story. You know, like for me, my story was not that I went through a divorce. I, you know, all those things, the story was that I didn't know who I was. And I didn't know what I was called to do. And so that was the journey that I then framed around the journey of the butterfly. And so really helping people frame that story from a really powerful perspective is number one. And then once you do that, we can, you know, lay out the design of your book from your title to your chapters all those little details within just a couple of hours. And I find that's where most people get stuck. They think, you know, I just don't even know where to begin. You know, that's, that's where I come in. That's where having somebody come along by your side, like I can help you, I can help pull that out of you so that it's there because it's just like the butterfly. You know, we said the DNA of the butterfly is inside the caterpillar that DNA of your purpose, the DNA of your story, it's all there. We just have to extract it and organize it and articulate it in a specific pattern, in a specific way that that's what makes the difference. Yeah. Oh, so good. And when you said nine days or less, and Grant, like I said, I, I know your program. So I was, you know, but I think even, I think a lot of people in this book process, like years. Right. But I think, yes. but it's just like anything else. Like the sooner you go to market with something, the better, right. Cause then you get a, you get to like tweak and adjust or just like put it out there. But too often, I think people sit on things, you know, a, an idea of a book included and think that just over time it'll come. But I think you're saying like, let's get it out there. 90 days or less, let's write your book. Is there advantages to decreasing that timeline for writing your book? Yes, absolutely. You know, especially if you're a coach, if you're a consultant, uh, an influencer, um, my life changed when I wrote my book because it takes your message and where you can only get your message out to so many people. And maybe like on Facebook, you're getting it out in bite-sized pieces. When someone reads your book, first of all, it, it presents you in a way that you become an instant authority, you know, and it presents you as the expert. And, um, as you so well articulate is that, you know, being the expert is, you know, being the expert on your story, uh, being an expert on who you are and what you've been through, but it, it puts that out in a way that helps you really connect to your audience where they can hear your heart, 
when you, someone hears your story, it's that deep connection that happens. And, and, you know, we've been friends for the last year and working together in this mastermind, but, you know, we probably don't get to hear each other's stories enough, but when it's that story that really connects us, when I heard your story and all that you've been through, you know, wow, it just really brought you to life. And it, it helped me gain so much understanding about why you do what you do and why you're so passionate about it and why I would turn to you as opposed to someone else. Yeah. I love that. It humanizes our brands, right? Cause people want that connection. That's, That's why I love, thing. you know, the vulnerability piece of building a brand. You know, I only share parts of my story. There's a lot that I don't feel comfortable in sharing, but I know it's so much of who I've become. And I think other women can probably resonate with, but how, but it sounds like you have a method for kind of pulling that out and still being able to be, you know, vulnerable, you know, real authentic with our story so that we don't have to feel maybe like we're exposing others or yes, hundred percent. Do you find that that's common among the women that you work with? Oh my goodness. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. You know, a lot of times people say to me, they say, you know, I want to write my story, but I don't want to throw people under the bus. And so, you know, that's the beauty, the beauty about doing it this way, the way that I help you tell your story you know, when it comes to my own story, you know, even what happened to me in my marriage, like that's the father of my children. So this book is not about trashing him, you know, or, or trashing someone else. Um, like these are our stories and our journeys. This is the way it went down, but I didn't focus on that story. Again, I went back to the story of me and how did I get here? How did this happen? What was my contribution? And then what can I do to change that? What can I do to change the story? This may have happened, but I am literally the author of my own story and I can rewrite the next chapters of my life. So good. Oh my gosh. Carl, that was so good. Thank you for saying that. I, I feel like we could jam out on that forever. I'm going to have to bring you on for a part two. There is so many golden nuggets here. I think I'm so inspired first, just like, you know, I'm, I tell my story a lot, but I know I'm ready for a book come 2021. So I can't wait to hire Yay. you. Oh, I'm so, excited. so many women can resonate with this, just feeling like I need, I want to share my story. I want just even the idea of writing a book I know is so empowering to so many. And so I know they're going to walk away feeling so inspired, but just the butterfly story and your history. And like, there's just so much gold here, girl. Thank you so much for coming on and just being open and being you and really stepping into your power because I know it served so many and, and I'm just so grateful for you. How can people uh, learn more about you and connect with you? So uh, I am on Facebook. I will send you the uh, link to my Facebook. Perfect. Yep. I'll link it up. I just want to know. Uh, if, you know, if they're interested in hearing more about, you know, the process of writing a book, I'll send you a link where they can click on to schedule a call. Um, we can do that. And, you know, Instagram and, and all those things. I, my website is Angela aja.com a-n-g-e-l-a-a-j-a.com great pretty, pretty easy to get a hold of 
Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Angela, for being here again. Thank like you. I it, so appreciate it. So and good. I can't wait for this to come out and we'll definitely have you on for part two after I, after we all become bestselling authors. That's right. That's right. That is the plan. We need to get as many bestselling authors out there as we can. So good. All right, girl. Okay, Chat soon. Thank you. If you liked what you heard today and want to continue the conversation, join us in the Facebook community. Just go to launchitgirlpodcast.com. Can't wait to see you in there.